Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And he is in Pennsylvania. I'm in the wonderful state of South Dakota, and we are very excited to have you joining us today. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. It's on the screen right below me. Over there, over there. There it is. Um, and we want to hear where you're from. Uh, trdshow at protonmail.com is the email. Send us an email. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Sign up for our newsletter. Our mom is running our newsletter system and doing a phenomenal job putting all that content together. So, hey, she would love for uh, our newsletter list to grow. If you haven't signed up for that, we've had a few new people join over the past couple of weeks. Love it. Thank you so much. Keep that ball rolling. Go to trdshow.net slash newsletter. Sign up for that. Also, we're going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee in October uh, 6th through the 8th. You'll want to check us out there at an awesome, awesome conference put on by the CrossPolitik team. So go to flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022. And the link's on the screen as well. We'll have it in uh, probably, I think, link it in uh, the Monday episode um, description of that episode. So if you missed that episode, now's a great time to go back and check out that description for that link. Also, we just changed up our thumbnails. So you may notice like on YouTube, on Rumble, Gab TV, a couple different places, things look different now. It's okay. It's not just you or the people you're talking to. Things are not broken. We did it on purpose and it looks really cool, we think. And we think it'll help you distinguish between, what's that? It was deliberate. It was deliberate, exactly. And we think it'll help people to more easily differentiate between our episodes and at least be able to pull out which ones are discussion topics, which ones are literature episodes, and which one are current event episodes. So Just those so are, you can more easily distinguish them from each other. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So those, if you're brand new to the show, those are our three different types of episodes we produce. Current events on Monday, we talk about literature of the month on Wednesday. That's today. And today we're talking about Mother Kirk by Doug Wilson. And we've been talking about that this whole month. So if you missed the past three episodes on that, definitely check those out. You don't want to miss it. And Friday, we can't leave Friday out. We're talking about discussion. We have a discussion topic every Friday. This week, we're talking about the Ten Commandments in real life. Commandment number four. This is our fourth Ten Commandment episode in the series. Guess how many we got left? I don't know. We can't count. So <laughs> we are... <laughs> <laughs> so we are um going through the ten commandments so we're we have a lot to talk about on friday so you don't want to think miss that i think show. bruce you saying that statement people might say uh oh that's because you're homeschooled ah yes so. it was a joke people mm, it was a joke mm. i think the real audience members will get that all yeah. right so <laughs> he can count don't worry everybody he can count <laughs> right right um so linear algebra may not be, be my strong suit but Disclaimer yeah, just, under yeah. under you during that statement. Do don't worry, Bruce can count. <laughs> exactly up on the screen, flashing right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, check those out. Those are our three different content types. We do three episodes a week, every other day, and current events Monday, literature Wednesday, and topic discussion topic Fridays. All right, it's literature episode wednesday we've got so so much to talk about in fact we are talking about the importance of solid churches and solid preaching we're talking about the importance of real preaching we're talking about what real preaching looks like 
basically a lot about preaching. So <laughs> there is a lot on the docket today. But before we get into well, I mean, all of that. I mean, with a, with a, uh, a book titled uh, Essays on Church Life, it would have to be. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. We'd have to get here eventually. We'd have to get here sometime. But before we start diving into some of that stuff, we have to talk about our verse this week. And to do that, it is Wednesday. So I'm going to pass it over to Jake to do just that. Take it away. Yep. And our verse this week is Jeremiah 8 verses 9. No more than that. You, you heard it correctly, just verse just nine. Verse nine. Um, and, Which is abnormal for us, because we've been doing right. like two or three verses now sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we verse, call it the verse of the week, but we're right, doing exactly. lots of them. So verses right, of right. the week. <laughs> yeah. So hard to pick. Basically like um, uh, excerpt of the week. Yes, yes, exactly. The Passage of the week. There we go. Passage of the week. There we go. Yep. <laughs> But um, again, Jeremiah uh, chapter 8, verse 9, and it says, The wise men shall be put to shame. Uh, they shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord, so what wisdom is in them. Uh, as Bruce was talking about on Monday, I think the, the key part of this, this verse is that these people who claim to be wise men, which um, they cannot truly be wise, uh, because as Proverbs says, uh, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Um, actually, Psalms says wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Knowledge begins, uh, Proverbs says knowledge begins with Proverbs says both. The There's actually two separate verses. One says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The other says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, okay. Yeah. Both but things. I think also Psalms. Psalms does reference that as well. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah. And but when people reject the word of the Lord, it asks, "So what wisdom is in them? Mm. What wisdom do they have?" Yes. They obviously do not have true wisdom. They have their own made-up, worldly wisdom, and that's. That's not true wisdom. That is not uh, wisdom as it is defined by the Bible. Yes. Which I would say is true wisdom. Yeah. And so I, I find that very interesting that all these scientists, all these people, all these doctors, right? They claim to be <laughs> the knowledgeable. Experts. Right. They claim to be knowledgeable. Yeah. But when they, when you ask them, oh, uh, so where do you go to church? Hmm. They say, oh, we don't go to church. Yeah. They or how do you account for morality? Exactly. Uh, there we go. We that's, can't. That's probably a better question. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they cannot account for morality, so they are therefore fools. Yep. And again, like we were striving people to do on Monday, go look, go look at the way Proverbs uh, defines a fool. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not great. Even so... Even so, as we went through on uh, on Monday as well, that these people are foolers, are fools in the highest extent of the word, in the mm. fullest extent of the word. Yep. Yep. So. Yes, indeed. Romans one, right there, claiming to mm -hmm. be wise, they became fools. Yep. I think that fits in that verse. That that excerpt from that verse fits in perfectly with with <sighs> this verse. Yeah. 
It really does. It really does. It really doesn't. And and this passage here in Jeremiah, I mean, really getting to the heart of the matter. They have rejected the word of the Lord. Mm. So what wisdom is in them? That's the condition for wisdom. What wisdom can you have when you reject the word of the Lord? Yeah. Couldn't yeah. be more straightforward. Great breakdown of that, Jake. Thanks uh, thanks so much for, for breaking that down for us. All right. Let's begin our discussion of um, Mother Kirk Essays on Church Life by Douglas Wilson, who is the pastor of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. And by the way, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, you can meet Doug Wilson in person at the conference in Knoxville, Tennessee this year. So you definitely don't want to miss that. He's got all sorts of really cool books and presentations and sermons and all sorts of cool stuff. But this week we read chapter four verse um, pages. Let's see. We were, we did pages 71 through 86 just because of how big this chapter was. It took so much to like break it down and we could have kept going, but we were like, you know what? There's already just so much here. Let's stop. We'll break it down. And I think we're actually going to be continuing this book into next month as well. Since this is probably, I think, our last episode this month. So we don't really have a choice because <laughs> we don't want to leave it in the middle of a chapter. So anyways, there's so much good stuff. It makes a lot of sense to keep going. So introduction to the rest of the chapter is kind of what I titled this section. I have a few quotes that kind of introduce us to what um, Doug Wilson is discussing in this chapter, chapter four. Um and really the the subtitle of that, I would say, is the importance of solid churches and solid preaching. On page 71, Doug Wilson said, Paul tells us that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord on the basis of the gospel will be saved, Romans 10, 13. But how can they call on someone they have not believed in? Verse 14 of that same passage. How can they believe in someone when they have not heard him? End quote. And... So what's interesting there is that most translations will say have heard of him. Um, But Doug Wilson was talking about how that is actually not quite the phrase that we um, would expect to see from the translation. Um, It's actually, how can we expect to hear, how can they expect to believe in someone when they have not heard him? Um, throwing the of in there doesn't actually fit with the translation. So he, he went on actually to describe this a little better on, on page, a little further on page 71. He said the verb here, uh, a, a, a coup, no, I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try, takes the genitive, meaning in this instance that the people to be saved must believe the one they are hearing and not someone they are hearing about. Paul is asking how they can believe in Jesus Christ when they have not heard Jesus Christ speak to them end quote. So again, there's not the of have not heard of him. And we're going to be getting a lot more into this today in our discussions. But when the word is preached, it is as if Christ is speaking directly to us. I know my pastor here, uh, or actually pastor up in lead uh, the church that I go to, Pastor Jonathan Hansen, who was on the show a couple episodes ago, says this all the time. When the word of God is spoken, it is as if Christ himself, God himself, is speaking to his people. Um, and actually, Doug Wilson said a little bit further on page 71, he says, speaking of Paul, he then goes on to say something quite profound. How shall they hear Jesus Christ without a preacher? In the faithful preaching of the gospel, 
Jesus Christ himself speaks, end quote. And we're going to be fleshing that out a lot more as we go on, of course, but that kind of sets up our discussion for today, the importance of the word of God and how important it is. Because if it's Christ himself that's speaking, we need to make sure that the word is being spoken and and given by the pastors to us properly so that it is, in fact, Christ speaking. All right, so I will get into two quotes that discuss some of our problems, and then I'll open up the floor to you, Jake, to discuss some of these sorts of things. So, sound good? Awesome. Sound good. Sound good. All right, so page 78, Doug Wilson said, um, actually, first, I'll just kind of introduce this statement a little bit because it, it takes some figuring out a little bit, but Doug Wilson spent a considerable amount of time discussing the importance of pastors maintaining, preserving, and preaching sound and applicable doctrines, the importance of that, and pastors really taking an active role in preserving doctrines and preaching those doctrines uh, comprehensively from the pulpit, and not just leaving them up, not just saying, yeah, we believe it, go figure it out for yourself, people, but actually shepherding them, giving them the meat of the word from the pulpit. So page 78, Doug Wilson said, a sound hermeneutic of anything can never be sustained without discipline. Words and names are protected by honest men, or they are neglected by careless men. In the modern evangelical world, virtually all our words are in the hands of the careless, which is a huge, huge problem. Um, on page 79, Doug Wilson added, the problem then is the pulpit or the place where a pulpit used to be. We live in a time when most believers have less understanding of the cultural impact of preaching than did some of some unbelievers of another era. Since the resurrection of Christ, it has been the case that the church in some fashion leads the world, end quote. That is, um, that can be good and bad. That's a burden but it can be a, a burden that the church is actually equipped to carry, provided they're equipped to carry it. But it is a burden. What the church does affects how the world acts, affects what the world does. If the church is not taking an active role in culture and working to preserve it, then the world will fall apart, as we're seeing today. So, Jake, before I move on, any commentary, anything you'd like to add, any thoughts on some of the things we just discussed. So I understand this is a little bit um, different than our typical uh, ordering of our system here, but I will go into my quotes at this moment in time because I do okay. believe they set Bruce up really well <laughs> for what he wants to go into next. Cool. And, and that's really the topic of why should, first of all, right, that... The only way we can, you know, have a change in our culture and a change in our preaching is if God grants us, grants it to us. Yes. And if we cannot, if we're not changing stuff in ourselves, like if we're not changing the way we say stuff, the, well, not, sorry, not changing the way we say stuff, the way we believe the, the, um, what is being preached, then how can we ever hope that God will will grant us reformation? But sorry, I, I did basically just sum up the quotes I was just about to say. But <laughs> uh, these quotes are found on all these quotes so far. The first four are found on eighty four, and I'll just go right through them quickly. Um, but the first quote says, 
Although the modern church is in desperate need of reformation and revival, we must begin with the recognition that we have no control over whether or not God will grant it to us. Mm. Um, and again, he continues on 84. Consequently, we cannot consistently pray for revival as long as we continue in our man-centered rebellion against him. To which he then goes into how we must fix it, how we must fix this rebellion so we're not rebelling against God anymore. And he goes through um, a couple different things uh, that help us in this. And I want to go through at least a few of them, at least one or two of them. But the first one is, first, there must be a return to the doctrines of sovereign and effectious grace. Jesus did not come into the world in order to give men choices and possibilities. <laughs> he came to bring salvation to the world, yes. world, not a chance at salvation for the world. Right. And uh, unless you want, had something to say, I, I, I have uh, one last quote on no, 84. I, I think that's really good, but I think one part of that is, I think, it, was it last? Maybe it was last week. All the weeks are blurring together for me, but one week... <laughs> one of our quotes was that his word will not return void and that we as Christians need to believe that we need to actually believe that his word will not return void instead of just thinking, well, we'll throw it out there. We'll see what happens. People probably won't listen, but we, we, we defeat ourselves before we get started. We don't actually think that Christ will be victorious. Right. And that's exactly what you're describing. Christ did not come to just give people choices he came to save and transform. Um, and so when we don't have faith that he will do that, and when we don't believe that we don't believe his word, when it says his word will not return void, that's a yeah. problem. And we need to fix that problem. And you're talking about, you know, we have to fix those issues in our doctrines before reformation can occur. That's a big problem that we need to resolve is, is our lack of optimism for the future and our lack of faith and hope in a sovereign God who controls all had a perfect plan, had uh, created a new covenant that he says is destined to renew this world. And yet we think it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. We and I mean, that. we went over, we went over that when we were talking about not taking his name in vain. Yes. And, and Doug, Doug Wilson goes in specifically like in response to you and what you're saying, these people who think this, um, this is what they're actually saying. And mm. he, he says on page 84, the modern evangel uh, evangelist operates on the assumption that their cross is powerless <laughs> to save yep. until the listener sinner, listening sinner puts in his share, <laughs> making a decision or commitment. Yeah. Such an assumption is dishonoring to God. And it is not surprising when churches which tolerate such man-exalting puffery turn into a haunt for owls and jackals. Mm. But God is gracious and omnipotent. It is possible for dry bones to live and for ruins to be restored. The yes. prayer that this would happen is is a prayer for reformation. I, I think quote. that's very strong language there. Yes. That by saying this, by saying that, oh, we're just going to... We think that the Bible is going to return void, right? <laughs> we think the cross yeah. is powerless. We yep. think that God is powerless. We think that 
it is up to the sinner as to whether or not they can choose God. Mm. Yeah. And it and such and to which uh Doug Wilson is saying that such an assumption is dishonoring to God. Yep. And and it shouldn't be surprising to us when the churches and the culture fails. Yes. If we assume this. Yes. Yeah. Great quotes. Those are really good ones to to pull out. And yeah, they you're perfectly you're you're totally right. They do perfectly set up my next set of quotes. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, piggybacking off of that, um, Doug Wilson. Uh, I I have a collection of quotes that um, I think actually relate to one central topic and theme, which is the importance of real. Preaching. On page 72, Doug Wilson said, Where does true faith come from? It comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. It does not come by hearing about the word of God. And how does this word get to us? And then he quotes 1 Peter 1, 25. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. In other words, the normal process by which this happens is scriptural truth. Uh, goodness. Scriptural truth preached. I was trying to... Con- combine like truth and preached into one word. That's not a thing. Bruce, stop doing that. Scriptural truth preached, end quote. Uh, A little further down on the page, he said, this means that to read the Bible aloud to non-Christians as a normal means of evangelism would be a departure from what the Bible tells us to do for non-Christians, which is to say, preach to them. Also adding to this another quote that's kind of part of the same thing. He said, this pattern does not change once a man has heard the word of God and has been converted. The preached word remains the way in which the word of God is brought with power to men, end quote. So I thought that that was really interesting and that there are so many other quotes that I have in this section, but we are sort of starting to run out of time, so I'll keep it fairly brief. Um, but actually, I want to move down to page 73. There's a, there's a couple of really good quotes from there. So One of them says, the preaching of the word is the point at which doctrine intersects with our lives, at which which reproof confronts our lives, at which correction corrects, end quote. So the preaching of the word is is vitally important here. Doug Wilson's, you know, saying that when the word is preached, it's the point at which doctrine, which is some, which is kind of head knowledge, might be good head knowledge, it might be scripturally based, it might be solid, but it's still head knowledge at the end of the day. It doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to our lives, but preaching is when that doctrine is taken and then applied to our lives. Um, it intersects with our lives. It It's reproof and it confronts our lives at the same time. A little further on page 73, he said, the ordinary means which God has chosen for the transformation of the world is the preached word. And when the word of God is faithfully preached, Christ is preaching, end quote. So hopefully by now you're getting the point. <laughs> um, you know, he's kind of beating us over the head here with the, the, the fact that preaching is vitally important. It is vital that pastors understand the importance of the role that they've been placed in. This is not just a, an opportunity to be a pulpit evangelist and to just preach a basic limited gospel that tells people they are saved. You are a new creature in Christ. Congratulations. You just won the lottery. 
Now go spend it on whatever the heck you want. It's it's utter insanity to think that preaching is not preaching the whole counsel of God. When preaching from the pulpit does not fundamentally confront your life, call you to action, and give you new things to apply from the word of God, then there's a problem with the pulpit. There's a problem with the preacher, and that's what Doug Wilson is getting at here. It should be applicable. It should be preached from scripture and it should call you to action. It should call you to work for the kingdom of God. It should give you new ways. It should confront your life like he's talking about here. Um, page 75, oh, it, was, it was fascinating. A lot of cool things on that page. But he began discussing the authority of pastors on page 75. And he started out by quoting 2 Corinthians 5.20. So page 75, here's his quote. He said, uh, well, actually, this is 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now... Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye, be ye, <laughs> there are two words together that sound the same, be ye reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5.20. <clears throat> Scripture gives a promise of authority to those who are faithful ministers of Jesus Christ, to the extent they are faithful. And when these scriptural conditions are met, when the preacher speaks, Christ speaks, end quote. So Doug Wilson also discussed the fact that pastors are not to be regarded as Christ while teaching. They aren't infallible. But instead, page 76, he said, church members should be hearing with faith, one eye on the pulpit and the other eye on the text. When the sermon accords with the text and it is heard with faith, then Jesus Christ has spoken to his people, end quote. All right, so there's a few more quotes that I can add, but um, Jake, anything that you'd like to say on some of those things? I know there's a lot there, and he's approaching this idea of the importance of preaching, the importance of pastors, um, and the understanding that when the word is preached faithfully, Christ is speaking. He's doing all of that from multiple facets, but is there anything that really stood out to you that you'd like to just comment on? Any thoughts that you gathered so far? I think something as we're going through this book, um... And and I, I definitely think this is a reiteration of something that we have said before, at least I have said multiple times before. But I think when going through this book, I don't want people watching this to say, oh, this is meant for pastors. This doesn't apply to me. I'm not a pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that you're not a pastor. You're yep. a person in the congregation, meaning you can tell your pastor you can say to your pastor, hey, this is something that I've read, something yes. that I've heard. I think I think this is what should be what we should be doing based off of such and such scripture on this scripture, you know. Yes. Obviously basing it off of the Bible, basing your argument off of the Bible. But what your job is to make sure that your pastor is doing the right thing. Yes. Right? Yep. As a member of the <clears throat> congregation. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and, so, and I think this also helps people recognize a good church when they see it, mm -hmm. you know, to look at the signs, to look at their pastors, to look at the church as a whole, and to come to a decision on whether or not that's a church they should still be participating in. Because don't forget, you're still or should be still giving tithe to the church that you're going to. Mm -hmm. And if a church is not doing this, then you need to make a decision. Is the church transformable? Can you work from the inside and fix it? Or do you have to leave and find a church that is doing all of these things? Yeah. You know, I, I'll share a little personal anecdote. 
Um, I recently left a church that I was going to for a lot of these same reasons. And I went to one that I believed was fulfilling all of these sorts of things. I went to one where uh, the pastor, I believe, is doing all of these sorts of things, is actively looking at the word of God and is actively preaching on applicable things, kingdom-oriented things, giving new information to his congregation and helping them grow spiritually. Um, And I left a church recently because I felt that that church was not doing that. And it took me a while to really look at the church culture, to examine, sit down with the pastor, discuss, really take my time and make sure that I'm making the right decision. But ultimately it was my, my decision was, was to leave and to find a church that I believed would do that. So along the same lines, it's not just talk. There's also some action involved. And I think that's kind of what Jake is getting at here is this isn't just for pastors. This is for you too, as a congregate member, pastors can yeah. easily take action on this. Well, <laughs> we say easily, we're not pastors, <laughs> right, right. but you know, they can start next Sunday doing these some doing these things but so can you you can start analytically studying your pastor's preaching you can start analytically studying the congregation and its growth and charting that and seeing oh they're not really growing here because all they're getting in the sermon is the milk of the word they need the meat of the word do i try and fix this is it worth it is it possible on my own or do i go to a church that is preaching the meat of the word and the whole council council of god and not just a limited basic gospel message that relegates Christ to small areas of your life on Sunday morning. Because mm-hmm. that's a huge yeah. problem. And yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's a lot of a problem in our current culture is that people either hear sermons, they hear podcasts, they hear different things. And if it's talking about a different group of people, they immediately tune out and say, oh, this isn't for me. Hmm. Um, yes, But point. I think how we should be thinking of it is, how does this apply to me? Yep. How can I take this and make sure that I am following this? Yes. Right? How how can I make sure that I'm doing the right thing in this? Yes. Um, so coming to this, right, your job is to call your church to do the right thing. Yes. Right? To tell your pastors to be doing this. Yep. Or if they do not, leave. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Really good point. Cool. Well, thanks for calling that out, Jake. Appreciate it. Um, We're unfortunately at time, but I do want to have, I have two more quotes that I want to throw in that I think are really, really good. Um, And we'll kind of wrap this up. So two quick final thoughts on real preaching. Page 80, Doug Wilson said, the point of preaching is never to make Christ acceptable. But in a man-centered era, this is automatically thought to be the task of the preacher, how to, how to make God acceptable to man. The real problem is one of sin and how to make sinful man acceptable to a holy God, end quote. And to do that, we have to know what sin looks like. We have to know about the God that we worship. We have to know about his perfect justice. We have to know about his attributes. How do we know without a preacher. How? That's very interesting. Yeah, go, go ahead. Um, it's it's like how how to make sinful man acceptable to God. Yes. You have to know what is acceptable to God. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what do we need to know in order to do yep. that? We need to go know God's law, which I feel like that that is the biggest Seriously thing. lacking today. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And that's because pastors are not preaching on it. They're not doing what we've been talking about the whole day. Yeah. This whole episode. All right. Final quote before we wrap things up for today. And this is taken from pages 81 and 82. It just kind of at the bottom of 82 and it crossed over. I'm not, it's not a huge one. So don't panic. Okay. Don't stop listening. Um, it's just, you know, just kept on going. All right. So here we go. So we live in an era which places a high value on hardness of heart. We can tell this by our love of soft teaching. Jeremiah talked about this in Jeremiah 6:14. He said, "They have healed, I'm sorry. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying peace peace when there is no peace." End quote. So they're covering it up. They're trying to just be like, "No, no, no, no peace peace. It's, there's there's peace. Just uh, it's fine. Stop talking about it. Don't don't make waves. Um don't step on any toes. Don't rock the boat. Just eh, peace peace. It's fine. Just put your hands up. It's okay. Just do whatever they say." Um, we don't like things that convict us. We don't like being told about our sin. We also don't like being told that we need to get to work, <laughs> that we're supposed to work for the kingdom of God. And that we're supposed to do anything different than exactly. what we're doing currently. Yes. Anything different than we're doing currently. Exactly. It's a great way of summing all that up. Um, and the fact is, is that we, we always do. We always need to change. We always need to be growing and changing our lives and making sure that they fit within what we're supposed to do in Scripture, what God tells us in Scripture to do. We can't become stale, stagnant, lukewarm yes, water. exactly. Exactly. Yep. So all of that falls under the responsibility of the preacher. And there's so, so much more that, we, that could be said here. And we're going to be continuing this conversation next Wednesday when we go through the rest of chapter four, <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen, that was half of chapter four <laughs> buckle up next week. We've got the other half of chapter four coming right up. So Jake, thanks so much for your thoughts and for uh, adding all that great commentary there. And thank you all as the audience so much for listening to us. We really appreciate it. TRDshow.net. Check it out. Show website. All sorts of awesome, awesome stuff on there. Sign up for an account if you want to get a free TRD mug. Reform Dissenters mug with our logo on it. We've got t-shirts. We've got stickers. TRDshow.net. Join our referral program. Bring people to the show and earn some free merch while you're at it. Also, you can buy merch from us, which really helps us grow, helps support the show, and we would appreciate it if you could do that. Um, TRDshow.net is the site, and you'll find a link to our merch store on there. Join our newsletter, TRDshow.net slash newsletter conference. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Link is in the Monday episode, so check that out if you missed it. And uh, thanks so much for watching, everyone, and we'll see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as do it as unto the Lord. 